Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now. TDN Fantasy. The TDN, Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast with your host Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast, Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner, and we'll rip the Band-Aid off right off the top. We know what happened. The Bears beat the Bucks. You guys all know I'm happy. Yeah, I saw the Petty Page tweets on Twitter. The difference is y'all don't know me well enough. That's how the people that know me well know that I would never dunk on my dude. I'll never, that's not these, listen, Jake and Pops are family. So the pettiness doesn't, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good when you're doing it to people that you love and you care about. So happy about the Bears victory. The only team in the league that I don't feel good beating is this team. It's the only one. Every other team, it feels really good. Now, don't get me wrong. I'd rather get a win than a loss but it never feels it never feels that good beating up on Pops and Jake. So uh, Bears get the victory, 20 to 19. We'll get into the rest of the matchups for week five and the fantasy implications uh, surrounding some of the games that are changing, the timing around everything and whether or not we're going to see that Bills game and, and what that's going to look like. So let's start off with this game, guys. Obviously, we broke it down ahead of the game on our new show, TDN Against the Spreads. So if you guys haven't seen that, you should check it out. You can go on the Draft Network Facebook account. You can see the guys making some picks ahead of the game. I'll go to you first, Jamie. Let Jake continue to cool down a little bit before we jump I'm on. Good. It. Oh, he's, uh, he's good. I'm uh, good. I'll take our, it first. Okay. I'll let you take it first. Fantasy-wise, what did you take away from this game, if anything? Allen Robinson is really good. Regardless who his quarterback is, he's damn good. David Montgomery needs the ball 20, 25 touches a game. I've watched him a bunch. I didn't know he was that damn dynamic in a, in a close space, in a phone booth. He has moves I didn't know he had. Uh, he looked phenomenal. Mooney's a rookie. Other than that, offensively, I still don't like what they're doing at all. I, I don't like Nick Foles at all, but freaking Robinson is an absolute beast. Look, this game comes down to being pretty simple. The guys you pay a lot of money to to be great, Khalil Mack was damn good. Uh, I liked the, the Bucks' offensive game plan. They played good enough offensively, banged up to win. They played good enough defensively against an NFL team to hold them to 20 points. I'm sure the, the yardage totals was pretty low, mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't complimentary football. Just of the officiating or anything else, you made enough plays offensively and defensively, and so did the Bears. Uh, the, the throw to, to Jimmy Graham was phenomenal for the touchdown. Uh, Nick Foles, get, he's such a streaky guy. He's so damn yeah. weird to analyze he was god awful 
for the first three or four drives, then he gets seven for seven. He gets hot. Like it's, you can't win like that sustainably. I mean, this is this isn't fandom. This is analysis. So you can't win like that. I still think Trubisky is harder to defend because you can do so much more stuff. But uh, look, that defense is phenomenal. Kyle Fuller is a freaking beast. He's going to another Pro Bowl. Eddie Jackson's a damn star. Roquan Smith got it handed to him, but he comes, keeps flying, made tackles all over the place. Danny Trevathan has lost a step, but he's still damn good. Uh, that defensive line is monstrous. And Khalil Mack is a damn superstar. You're banged up. You're on the road in a place like – I, I don't know what Bucks fans expect. If anybody expected you to go in and win by a field goal at a 10 points, on the road on a short week, completely banged up, with a quarterback and an offense that's still finding themselves. And they, they, I thought they played pretty good. Rojo played his ass off. He had, what, 100 yards again. Uh, and you thought you were going to go handily beat a really solid team. You're, you're a fool. Yeah. I, I mean, congratulations. I got, I got a beautiful bottle of Austin Hope cab for our lunch whenever it happens. So you, you win the bet. You haven't had that one yet. My boy Austin, shout out to him. Uh, it's phenomenal. And look, I'm a man. I'm going to take it on the chin. I'm, I'm here doing the show. It is what it is. That's exactly that's, right. That's football. It's, it's, listen, if you listen to this podcast coming into this week, you were not surprised by this game at all because it went – nearly exactly how we talked about and analyzed it was going to be an ugly football game it was going to be a close football game and it was going to come down to the wire because it's a Thursday night the Bucks were banged up this was this was going to be a, a good defensive matchup from the for, the Bears are a good like I, I understand that people want to discount want to discount what this Bears team has done they're four and one I don't care what version you want to come out and say you are what your record this is. could have happened and this could have happened I could do that for every freaking NFL game I could pick five plays from every single game and tear apart every single matchup and turn it from one win to a loss the end of the day. You win or you lose. What does your record say? Well, guess what? Chicago Bears are four and one. I don't care. It's in college football. You don't get style points, and I'm tired of hearing about it. So, like, I, even, you, the I, media I will Chicago, say, even the media yeah, in Chicago, no. it's ridiculous. Well, they're, 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 they're worried. I mean, they're just too big. They, they have negative people that are paid to be negative. I also I don't want to not talk about this without talking about Mike Evans being yeah. an absolute warrior. You're talking about a high ankle sprain that just kept Michael Thomas out for three or four weeks, and you play mm-hmm. in three days. You could obviously see him on the field, on the TV. He's not healthy. And he still had a pretty solid night, caught another touchdown. Um, Scotty Miller, not healthy. Look, the other thing I want to talk, Tyler Johnson, first real action, yep. really, really good in the first half. I was, I was, They found something there. Same body type as, as Jamie's boy, Chris Godwin. Um, very similar type player. I was really pleased with that. Yeah, it's uh listen, if you're if you're a Bucks fan and I know there's a lot of you that are listening to the podcast, you got to understand as I told Jake before we got on the pod. Did you think you were going 16 and 0? The answer no cuz it's pro- if you said if you said yes then you're then you're lying cuz there's nobody who picked this team and go 16 and 0. Uh you lose football games, especially on the road on Thursday nights. It's usually not very favorable for for away teams. So I think y'all need to relax a little bit. Uh, Jamie, fantasy implications from from this one that you look took at the, away. I look at the two running backs, uh, David Montgomery to Jake's point. Uh, obviously, he wasn't going to rush for a lot tonight. Tampa Bay's run defense is elite. We've talked about this before. Uh, that under pet that we gave you on our, our show, TDN against the spread, cashed pretty easily with 29 yards for Montgomery for the same two reasons we expected. He was going to run for under three yards of carry, and he wasn't going to get 20 carries. Uh, and that's both those things played out to perfection, but seven catches in this game 
uh, on eight targets for 30 yards. That's what we've wanted to see. That's now a second week in a row where we've seen his usage in the passing game go up significantly, which is extremely important now with Tariq Cohen out because that's where some of that extra value can be for him. And on Tampa Bay side, I really like how Ronald Jones looks when he knows he's the guy in the backfield. And I know Fournette's going to come back. I know, I know Fournette technically was active tonight, but when Fournette comes back full speed, it's still going to be a bit of a split. But Jones is running extremely hard, extremely effectively, over six yards of carry in this game against Chicago. I've been very impressed with what I've seen from him the last couple of weeks. They're not going to commit to any one back, I think, as the guy, as we've discussed on the show before. But I'd be extremely encouraged right now as a Ronald Jones owner. Yeah, you have to be, I think. I think you have to be excited about what you saw from Ronald Jones. Um, I know a lot of people have questioned uh, him as what he was going to look like in this offense, what you were going to see. These are two back-to-back very good performances from him against a, a very, very good Bears defense tonight on Thursday Night Football. So I think you have to be excited about that. Not only if you're a, a, if you roster him in fantasy, but if you're a Buccaneers fan. All right, guys, let's move on. Let's talk about Carolina and Atlanta. Let's keep things in the NFC South. Uh, listen, there is a player in this game that everybody was disappointed in last week, and that was Calvin Ridley. Jamie, are you worried at all about Calvin Ridley? Because man, the hype train was like as we talk about that it was on the tracks for a little while, and then it was way off the tracks, and now people are like pulling the brakes hardcore after last week and i'm interested in in what your thoughts are on this week so this is a complicated topic so the answer is yes and no um even with the goose egg he's still the number one wide receiver in fantasy right now which shows you how big of a, of a gap that he opened up um my concern is that julio jones is not going to be on the field and jake's point after we talked to him and broke down the games last week about calvin ridley when julio jones is on the field versus when he's not on the field played out and Matt Ryan was going to wherever the path of least resistance was. And that wasn't Calvin Ridley for that game last week. Now, is he still a guy that you're starting? Yes. Like you're starting him every single week in your fantasy lineups. You, you can't be, I mean, Mike Evans had a, had a goose egg last year. You didn't take him out of your lineup then either. Like these things do happen. However, if you are expecting him to be as good as he was prior to that goose egg, I think that's, a, that's expecting a lot, particularly with Julio Jones out of the lineup. But, uh, to me, he's a guy that's you still, it's still an every week start at this point. Those are weird games that I, I don't think we're going to see that happen again, and I'm throwing him right back in this week. Jake, on the Carolina side, Mike Davis has been uh, a player that we're all uh, very excited about rostering, especially in light of the Christian McCaffrey uh, injury. Is this a favorable matchup? Or are you looking at this one in, in a good capacity? Because Atlanta Falcons, they haven't exactly been world beaters on defense. That's about as good a matchup as you're going to get. They suck on defense. They are god-awful. And I, I go back to what I originally said. I didn't think they would use them in the exact same capacity. They didn't change anything. They just put a new player in who's bigger and catches it pretty well. And Mike's been phenomenal while Christian's out. I think it's going to allow them to be a little bit more conservative with the guy they paid a ton of money to and bring him along a little slower than they probably would if they weren't having this success. It's a phenomenal matchup for him. It's a great matchup for Robbie Anderson. It's a great matchup for DJ Moore. It's a great matchup for Teddy Bridgewater if you want to play with Teddy. It's a great – everybody that's playing this Atlanta defense is going to eat every week because they absolutely suck, and they had a couple more injuries the other day. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's a couple, as we've identified, there's a few looking at Dallas, Seattle, Atlanta. When you match up against those guys, just uh, check mark against the guys that you have playing against them offensively. All right, and the next game is Cincinnati Bengals going on the road to play the Baltimore Ravens. 
Uh, Jake, I'll go to you first. Backdoor Burrow, our guy, the guy we love, covering the spread. If you uh, if you are partaking in the gambling on Bet Online, you guys know uh, we talked about this in our Against the Spread show that this is a lock for Jake going on the road for Backdoor Burrow. I'm interested though, from a fantasy perspective, right? As we look at bye weeks this week, right, and the potential that. If you're a Josh Allen owner, or if you're obviously an Aaron Rodgers or Matthew Stafford owner with those guys on buys, if you're nervous about Josh Allen, is is Burrow a guy that you feel comfortable starting? Because he's had a, a pretty good ascension here as far as, as fantasy goes, and and quite frankly, as a regular quarterback. I'll ask you a couple questions. Is, okay. is he better than Dwayne Hassan? Yes. Does he have better weapons than the Redskins? Yes. Dwayne Haskins threw for 312 last week. McLaren had 100 yards and a touchdown. I love Joe Burrow in this matchup. The Ravens' defense is a little overrated. They have to blitz a ton. They're great in the secondary. They're young in the linebacking core, and they cannot get there with their front four, so they have to blitz a ton. Joey B's going to stand in there and hit it, and he's already seeing things way better than his age in the NFL. So, yeah, I like it. I think they covered the 13.5, as we talked about. I think this entire offense plays well. T. Higgins is really coming on the last couple weeks. Tyler Boyd's a stud uh aj green's whatever and i don't think mixon has a big game but he'll be solid but look at any point aj green's legs get under him he can make a big play so i don't think you want to play him in fantasy but like he's going to impact this game a ton but t higgins is really coming on and getting a lot of targets he seems to have a lot of chemistry but backdoor burrow i'm gonna ride this thing until it doesn't work i love it i love it i love as i said we gotta make some t-shirts backdoor burrow uh official uh officially sponsored by the tdn fantasy podcast Jamie, Joe Mixon was a guy coming in last week that a lot of fantasy owners were going, okay, put up or shut up time, right? And he put up and he put up big time. Are you expecting a pretty good performance here from Joe Mixon or what is your expectations for him? Because last week was obviously the best case scenario, but I think it's it's important to set expectations accordingly for the rest of the season uh, with Joe Mixon. And, and you could be hopeful that he continues to be more involved in the offense, obviously, but, but have realistic expectations moving forward. And, and that's exactly what I would caution Mixon owners with. Uh, I don't think he's going to have the same week this week he had last week for obvious reasons. That, that was a matchup winning type performance. Look, you're just trying to hope he gets in the end zone here. Uh, if he gets you into double digits, gets you into 12, 13, 14, 15 fantasy points, I think you'll be very happy in this matchup. The concern with him is going to be if the Ravens jump out in front early and Joe Burrow has to go into hero mode, how often is Gio Bernard going to be on the field? And that would be the concern I have in this game. You're playing him. You were going to play him anyway, and especially given the running back situations right now across the league, you have to play him. But – I would have some tempered expectations. So if he can get you even into like that 12 to 15 point range, I would be thrilled this week. And then going forward, he'll be a lot better than that. So that's all I'm looking for from him this week. Yeah. It's uh, I know a lot of, a lot of people were worried about him and last week kind of set their set them a little bit more to be relaxed, but I think you gotta, you gotta temper those expectations and realize that last week's performance wasn't uh, sustainable probably long-term, but know that you're still going to start Joe Mixon. Like I, I saw a lot of ridiculous takes. Have you seen what's available in the running back section? Like you're starting Joe Mixon people. Like it's, yeah. it, there's, there's not going to be a time where you're not starting Joe Mixon this season. It's not going to happen. It's, not possible. Not, not right now when I'm being asked questions about whether or not they should put Dearness Johnson in an RB2 spot. Oh, come like on. The, I'm literally on. getting Dearness Johnson versus Devonta Freeman versus, I mean, I mean, it, it, is, it is rough. I ranked 50 running backs this week. It is rough. Yeah. It's, it's not pretty. It's not pretty, and you're starting Joe Mixon. All right, moving on. Jacksonville Jaguars playing the 
playing the Texans. This one we talked about a lot on against the spread as well. Uh, a lot of different uh, scenarios playing out here, but the zero and four Texans, right? One thing that happens usually after a after a coach is fired is you see a more inspired performance. Jake, you and I have talked about this on the podcast for many years. After after you see after certain things happen, you you see a, a, an inspired team. Are you going to see an inspired Deshaun Watson? Because so far, fantasy-wise and regular-wise, six touchdowns and three interceptions. It hasn't exactly been a top-tier year for Deshaun Watson, fantasy or otherwise. You get a bump from a team when you fire a coach with effort. You get a team that goes out and maybe tries a little harder, does the extra little things. That doesn't matter if the quarterback can't see the damn field. So while I think they're going to get a bump, I think they're going to win. I think they're going to play hard for Romeo Cornell. They're all going to feel like the little weight's been lifted off their shoulders and some of the neg- negativity is gone. That's not going to help Deshaun Watson read the field pre-snap. Not going to help read the defense during the snap on his, on his drop back. I don't know that he's going to play that much better. Maybe a little bit. Maybe they call it a little bit different because Bill's not there and somebody else wants to you know, throw a wrinkle in there. That kind of stuff, maybe. But if they're still running the same offense with the same kind of play call, I can't expect him to play that much better. Now, this defense isn't as good as some of the ones that he's faced, of course. Uh, so maybe there's a little bit of a bump there. I think he overall he probably looks better. But I wouldn't be that excited about it if I was on a fantasy, uh, if I had Deshaun Watson fantasy. I didn't like him coming into fantasy. I had him towards the bottom of my top five, bottom 12. Um, I don't like him that much moving forward. I think they get a one-week bump. And then as soon as they start putting some of the different stuff they want to do on tape, I think it's going to reverse itself right back. Um, Will Fuller, I do like a lot. He was one of my, my movers this week. He's been playing really well because he's healthy. He's a damn stud when he's healthy. He just yeah. can't ever stay healthy. He's out there. Um, I like I like a bunch of the Jags. I'll let Jamie run with the Jags in this game, but I like a bunch of them. Yeah, Jamie, a, a player that we've uh, we've seen some ridiculous takes on, but has been really good is James Robinson. Do you yeah. like this matchup against the Houston? We have been critical of of what we've seen of Deshaun Watson. This defense is living off a identity that they had about three seasons ago and have never come back to that. And, and they are old and bad. And this roster is got a lot of issues and it's across offense and defense, but this defense is a favorable matchup in fantasy football. No, absolutely. It is. And, and James Robinson's been excellent. I think if you look at DJ Chark's another guy that I don't know why we're still getting start sit questions about DJ Chark at this point. Yeah. Uh, he's a really good play here. LaVisca Chenault as well. Uh, he is getting more and more usage in the offense. There's a lot of fancy value here. Uh, I, I think Gardner Minshew is a top 10 quarterback this week. Uh, I really like what's going on across the board in this matchup. And uh, I know we, we had a little bit of debate about how many points would be scored in this game on the, on the TDN against the spread show, but to me, I, I think this would be the week for your Texans. This is the week where I want to see how David Johnson's used. This is the week I want to see what new things that Deshaun Watson does before they come back down to earth and they put it on film for everybody. Like they, they have a, they have a small window here against a vulnerable defense to kind of do some things, kind of get themselves feeling good, uh, you know, and then they run into in theory uh, a much better defense next week. If the Titans are still allowed in the league by week six, but uh, right now in this this one week window, I think actually this could be a really one of the low key really exciting matchups. Even though there's absolutely no playoff implications at all in this game, uh, I'm really excited to see a coach actually go down for fantasy. Yeah, 
there's fantasy purposes, but also just like the storylines around Minchu and kind of the way he talks about himself, which I love, right? I love the confidence. I love the way he talks about himself. You know, at the end of the day, this is a team that does have a victory. Uh, the Texans don't. It's an 0-4 football team. So, and and the Jags have at least shown life in the football games that they've played. The Texans haven't. So I, I know you want to say something, Jake, so just jump right in. I'll say I'll give you a hot take. Right now, Gardner Minshew is light years ahead of Deshaun Watson in 2020. He is a better quarterback all the way around in 2020 than Deshaun Watson is. I know what he's done in the past, but right now, Gardner Minshew is the best quarterback in this game. Fantasy and real football. I think it'll be very interesting to see if that plays out uh, in that game as well, because um, I, I wouldn't be surprised. What did I say on, on our Against the Spread show? That if, they, if Bill O'Brien was coaching this game, I was picking the Jags. My, I'm, I'm worried about that that pushback from that, okay, we finally, we're going to do things our way a little bit for that one week. That's what scares me about this game for, uh, from a betting standpoint, for those of you that, that didn't maybe did not listen to that show. But uh, I don't know how you can argue the Jaguars aren't as good, if not been a better team so far this year than Houston, like they have been. And I know they're on the road here, but if there wasn't for that bump, that fired that coach, but we don't like any more bump, I would have taken the Jags in this game. Yeah, and I think the the good thing for people to realize is when you talk about that bump, it's it we're talking about the Texans doing unsustainable things, right? Deshaun Watson not necessarily being a great quarterback and going out there and doing smart things. It's unrealistic BS, getting out of the pocket, creating some magic that's just not sustainable, right? That's and also that could it's happen. Jacksonville. Like they're not, if they were, if they were going to Pittsburgh, matters. I wouldn't yes. care, but like it's, it's a vulnerable enough defense. I think they can get away with a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I think they get away with a lot of Deshaun Watson freelancing in his first post Bill O'Brien game as well, that they won't get away with immediately the weeks afterward. But I think this could be the game they get away with it. All right, guys, the next matchup we're going to talk about the uh, AFC West, the Las Vegas Raiders going on the road to play the Kansas city chiefs, both quarterbacks in this game, no interceptions. No interception for Derek Carr, no interceptions for Patrick Mahomes. 11 touchdowns, no interceptions for Mahomes. Eight touchdowns, no interceptions for Derek Carr. Jamie, we obviously talked about Josh Jacobs in the coming into the year and, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Who are you expecting to have a, a better game in this one? Because they've both been guys that obviously uh, people are rostering no matter what. I'm still going to go with CEH here. Obviously, you're playing both, but uh, you, you, I'm going to go with him here. I think he's got a better matchup. Uh, I want to see how he gets used more in the passing game in this. Uh, I, I think at some point, the Raiders' offense is – see, this is the weird thing about this game. Like, the more I stare at this, the more, like, I still feel the Chiefs are leaving a lot of points on the field. Like, I just – I feel like they are clicking at 80% of what I expect the Chiefs to be right now. So – my like one side of me goes, you know, the Chiefs should win this game, should blow this game out, and the Raiders should be fighting in the second half to kind of just try to keep within, let's say, ten points or so. But the other part of me goes, like Kansas City's not acting like these world beaters that they were at times last year, and they've been getting off to slower starts. And you know, if if they get left, if they get like a hobby a hobbled Sammy Watkins in this game, there's some concern about where else the ball is going because uh, Hills they're taking their deep shots with Hill, but he's not getting these you know, nine, 10, 11 target games that we saw before. Uh, but I, I still think in the end, the Raiders defense is not going to be able to hold up. And I think that's really good news for Clyde Edwards to live both on the ground and through the air. Yeah. I think the, the weird thing with this chiefs team is the best performance we saw was against the best team. Like we saw them absolutely dismantle that Baltimore Ravens team and show up in a way 
that in all the other games they've played in, you can pick apart moments, right? That Patriots game was an ugly football game. They didn't deserve to beat the Chargers earlier this year. I mean, they've had they've had great moments, but for, for a totality of a game, really the only great game that team has played is that game against the Baltimore Ravens. So, Jake, this is a divisional game, right? These games matter more when you when you show up and the Raiders and the Chiefs. This division especially had some nice rivalries between – everybody like all these fans are nuts across the board um obviously not a a regular year at arrowhead but still at home in the division what are you expecting uh from that from that other wide receiver right because jamie mentioned alluded to it sammy watkins is having a decent year right like for in context yeah he's having a good year he's third in receiving on this team and we've kind of been waiting to find out like who is going to be Travis Kelsey leads the team then Tyreek Hill then it's Sammy Watkins is there a sustainable trend here with this Chiefs team or are you just going to be guessing for the rest of the year I think you're guessing Sammy Watkins seven targets three weeks in a row though so you got to like that you just don't trust his health and you don't trust that it's going to happen right when you need it to uh, d- nobody plays better complimentary football than the Raiders because Gruden's going to run it, run it, run it with that big offensive line. I think Jacobs has a decent day, but I agree with Jamie. CH has a bigger one in the passing game. Ruggs is back. Was it full full practice uh, yesterday or today? I think it was today. Uh, so they'll get him back, but it's not going to matter. I think the Chiefs, even if they don't play great and they're only clicking, the crazy thing to Jamie's point is they clicked at 100% for one game and about 45-50 for a couple games. Yeah. And then last week, against the Patriots the other night, they turn it on and then boom, they win big in the fourth quarter. They have that ability at any time. McCall Hardman's still a, a trickster that does a bunch of different stuff, but he looks a little bit more as like a receiver this year to me than he has in the past. They're using him not just like they've used Tyreek Hill, uh, but I think the Chiefs pull away. And I think I, I think that there some of the Raiders, I think Waller can still have a big day. I think Jacobs can have a big day. And Derek Carr's still playing really well. They just lost a bunch of pieces. They lost their number one pick in the secondary, Arnett. Uh, that secondary is already young. It's not a good team to go play when you're going in with a young, banged-up secondary and your linebacking core still banged up. Yeah, probably uh, a, a, a potential opportunity for the Chiefs to showcase the full-fledged version of the Chiefs in more than one game um, and a pretty big point spread. Vegas would agree with that. All right, the Arizona Cardinals going on the road to play the New York Jets. The Cardinals are a touchdown favorite in this one, and – This Jets team has – there's a lot of injuries, okay? There's a lot of issues on this football team. Sam Darnold's got an AC joint issue in his shoulder, not playing in this one. I don't even know. I think you look at this team and you go, okay, what do you have from a fantasy perspective that you can even take away? On a positive note, Jake, you're a Le'Veon Bell owner. There's some positive news coming out about him moving forward. So it's not impacting this game, but impacting games moving forward. And – I think you got to look at this team and go, what are you going to get the rest of the year? Because that, that injury that, that Darnold sustained looked really bad in the game. He obviously comes back and plays, but there's a part of me that goes, if they're, if you're the jets, why are you playing? Like, what are you going to do this year with Sam Darnold? Like, you're just going to keep putting him out there and letting him get shellacked and, and ruin his career or, or what's, what's the, from a football perspective, because I'm very interested in, in how this plays out, because I do think there's, as does Adam Gase keep his job? What's going to happen with Sam Darnold? And obviously we can talk about the fantasy implications as well. Yeah, you're going to keep playing. You're going to put Darnold out there if he's healthy. This is his job. He's a first-round quarterback. He's your franchise quarterback. You're not going to put him out there if he's 60%. 
You're not going to put him out there at the risk of hurting this worse. But if he's healthy, he's your guy. You're going to put him out there. There's new. I mean, there's news that Le'Veon Bell they could take off IR this week. He practiced full today. If he does, I love this matchup. They don't have anything else. And I've seen people like fade Crowder just because it's Flacco. Why the hell would you do that? He gets like 15 targets a game too. They don't have anything else. But I think I think both of those guys, especially Le'Veon Bell, can have a successful week. I mean, the, the Cardinals defense is what? What are they? Nothing. They've been Nothing. awful the last two weeks after they were yeah. frauds for the first two weeks. The people are like, oh, they're better than they were last year. No, they're not. And Le'Veon Bell, I mean, from a, a PPR, they take him off and he's healthy enough. I'm a little bit worried about how much action he actually gets, though. So that's like my thing. If, I, if he comes off, I'm like, am I going to pull Justin Jefferson out to play him? No. Am I going to pull out LaVisca Chenault to play him? Maybe not. Now, if Mostert doesn't play, then I'm taking a risk on one or one of the two. I'm going to plug him in the yeah. RB2 and our sleeper. But uh, I think both of those guys – are somewhat viable in this game, but the Cardinals defense is nothing special. No. And I think the, the line that you should have with Le'Veon Bell in my estimation this week is if you're not going to play him as an RB two, you're not playing him. What I mean by that is you're not pulling a trusted wide receiver out of a flex spot to play him. You are playing him. If right now, if you're sitting in RB two spot with Dionis Johnson if you're sitting with Devonta Freeman, if you're sitting with one of those guys that are in like just outside my top, by the way, those two guys are like top 25 options this week because that's how bad things have gotten. So like if you're sitting with those types of players, like there's one league where I think it's our league because not uh, Aaron Jones and DeAndre Swift are on a bye and guys got hurt. So I'm literally playing Devonta Freeman and Justin Jackson this week. Like it is that it has gotten that bad for me. Uh, so in that case, you're going to obviously start bell, but I would not pull, a top 30 wide receiver out of a flex spot to play. But Crowder's um, Crowder's a top 30 guy for me. Like I would, he's barely there, but he'd still be a top 30 guy for me, even with Flacco. So that's where I would draw the line. If you're really weak at RB two, throw him in there, but I do not take a trusted option out of your flex spot to play him this week. On the Cardinal side, guys, obviously there's been, yeah, the Jake's going the, I don't know, emoji, right? I think there's that, that can be described for this football team in general from a football perspective, but also fantasy wise, right? Because I think Kenyon Drake was a guy that a lot of people in the fantasy community were higher than all of us on. Um, This is the favorable matchup though. This Jets team is not very good. Uh, This defense is really not very good. Um, and I think you look at if you're going to see an opportunity for this Cardinals offense to kind of get back on track, Jake, I would think you look at this matchup and you go, okay, this is that moment for this team to start clicking again. And I'm looking at Kyler because Kyler's had back-to-back not very impressive games. Here's the problem with that. I agree with you. This should be. I think they win by – I think they cover the seven. I think they go in there and they get it done. They suck on the East Coast early games that, that franchise I haven't looked up the numbers but it's got to be as bad as anybody going west east and they're playing Greg Williams Greg Williams is going to blitz his ass off Kyler Murray is going to see stuff in this game he has not seen in the NFL yet and he hasn't handled that all that good now can he torch him at the same time yes but who is the complimentary piece to Hopkins that's still not healthy we talk about this every week it needs to be Kenyon Drake but Chase Edmonds keeps looking better when he gets his action Isabella Kirk, I mean, Kirk should have a monster game, but he's got to play outside. I don't know. I mean, where's the creativity that we talked about? You had a whole offseason. We saw Sean McVay revamp his entire offense. I'm glad the creativity from this offense and who is the complimentary piece? I'm glad you brought this up because we we joked about this, but we're we're half joking that 
people got jobs because they were like in the in 60 yards distance between themselves and Sean McVay, right? And I think you get yourself in trouble when you start making comparisons, right? You start going, this guy's going to be the next this guy, right? Like Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay are two guys that are very young, but they grew up in the NFL. Okay. This is, it it is so hard to replicate the experiences that those two have had their entire lives that have put them in a position where they can be the type of coaches that they are. And we called out Sean McVay. We said, Sean McVay, show us something. Right. And you've seen that. I've, we've seen that. I've, I've heard a whole lot about Cliff Kingsbury, the offensive genius. I haven't seen a whole lot of offensive genius over the first four weeks. I've seen some, especially the last two weeks, it's been pretty lackluster. Jamie, when you look at, we know who hop is right. We know what that's going to be like, but when are we going to, when are we going to see, or is there going to emerge a secondary option fantasy wise that you can count on week in and week out? Or is this just going to be a guessing game the rest of the year? It's going to be a guessing game because there's absolutely no structure to this offense right now. They, they play as chaotic as their box score looks. I think that's the best way that I, I could put it. You don't know on a given week. That's why we, I wasn't buying the Andy Isabella stuff a couple weeks ago. And everyone, I was, it just, you don't know, aside from Hopkins, there is no guaranteed role on this team right now. And, it, and it's just as simple as that. There are times where, again, there was a one game where Larry got all those targets and there's times where he's getting four yards combined over two weeks. Uh, there, there is no consistent usage of any of the weapons that they have in this game. Um, I felt like last year, this offense was obviously more creative, but also in some ways more predictable. is not the right word, but more predictable in terms of fantasy value of knowing where pieces were going to go. You had a better understanding of how Kirk and Fitz, even though Kirk were still playing out of position, how they fit in that offense. The second half of the year, they leaned on Drake heavily. He was getting in the end zone a bunch. You, you kind of knew what you had. This year, it's literally, it's Hopkins, scramble, or bust. And that is, that is why this offense looks just, this offense has regressed, period. Now, it, it's, I don't know how much you blame on Kyler. I don't know how much you blame on, on Cliff. But this offense as a whole has, or how much you blame on Kenyon Drake. But this offense as a whole has completely regressed from what we saw last year at a matchup they should exploit. They have three straight matchups here that they should, as an offense, take away the defense, which has its, its own litany of issues, that they should absolutely dominate. They're at the Jets, at the Cowboys, home against the Seahawks before they go into their bye. You, if you cannot dominate those defenses, A, you're not going to be a team that could even be a wildcard contender, and B, I don't know how you call yourself an offensive guru anymore. That's all I have to say about that. You have a number one overall pick at quarterback. You paid $10 million a year to a running back. You have, if not the best receiver, top three at worst receiver in football and going up against the Jets, the Cowboys, and Seahawks. If you don't, if you don't dominate those matchups offensively, then I don't want to hear about Cliff Kingsbury being this offensive genius and guru ever again. Period. End of story. I'm with you. I, I, don't, I don't think that's, that's not a hot take. That's a truth take. Like that's a, you, y'all don't want to hear it. That's the truth. They're probably well, lose two four, of those three games. You got four games on. Yeah, I was gonna say, Jamie, they're gonna win the, two. The, the, you got four games on tape, and you've shown us the same stuff. This isn't a hot take. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're probably gonna lose both two of those three games because you're in Dallas, and you're gonna probably lose to the Seahawks at home. But although those games are always weird and stupid, and they never make sense, but uh, but offensively, show me something. Like, I, th- th- it's 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 very strange. I I don't. If this team didn't trade for Hopkins, I can't imagine what this oh, offense yeah. would look like right now. I yeah. agree. I agree. Can't imagine. It, it would not be pretty. It would not be pretty. And and get and listen, 
we've been we've seen positive from Kyler, but we've also seen negative. And the last two games, two games ago, that Lions game, he lost them the football game. Period. End of story. Last week, he did not play them into good into good situations. So when you, when you want to talk about okay, we're gonna we're gonna go all in. Well, yeah. Guess what? You gave up on Josh Rosen and went all in the next year. So this is this is on a regular year. You're talking about the number one overall pick, pick and all the pressure that comes with it. There is way more pressure for Kyler to be a hit. Way more. You went back to back years and drafted a quarterback and moved, shipped somebody off that you gave no chance to and went all in on this and hit the reset button less than a year after you had already done the same thing. There is a whole lot of pressure for this to work. A whole lot of pressure. By the pressure. way, Paige, one of the craziest stat lines I've ever seen in my life. 31 pass attempts, three touchdowns. There's no way in hell you think the next thing out of my mouth is 133 yards. Yeah. That's a that's damn near impossible. That's like I, the Bears running stats. Like yeah. you get 20 yards and you run it for 43. Like it's, it's almost impossible. Yeah. Like, he, he has 71 yards rushing, I think, and 133 passes. No 300-yard passing games yet. So we've talked about how phenomenal this offense was and how great they were, and everybody jumped on the bandwagon week one and week two. I think 258 is their high. Yeah, it's – Five of their next six matchups, because even coming out of the bye, they got Dolphins versus Bills. Is gonna, they're going to not that's not a good matchup. And then at Seattle, like you have five of your next six that are against very poor defenses. Yep. I need well, to see something. Yeah, we have a lot of Arizona listeners, so that's why I wanted to spend a little bit more time on this. But I think this is there's a lot of people that were driving the hype in the fantasy community around this entire offense. Right. Uh, especially Kenyon Drake. Uh, with the small sample size we saw last year. So I want to spend a little extra time on it because it's, listen, if you, if you can't do it over the next couple of games, it ain't going to happen this year. Like you got, you got the best case scenario for the next, for the next six weeks. And, and if you can't make it happen, it's just not going to happen. And this is what makes the Kenyan Drake dilemma so difficult because you, the, the, you want to be like, you want to trust what your eyes are telling you. But you also want to trust what the schedule says is coming. And at some point, you're like, you don't want to be the person. And I guess the fear, it's, it's the FOMO of missing out on that 100-yard three-touchdown game against one of these awful defenses that you feel like it has to be coming. But, but you that, should have saw it last week against Carolina. You should have. you didn't. It was awful. And you didn't. But now I'll, more running backs got hurt. Two more top 10 running backs got hurt since then. So like, you're in such a weird spot. There, you're exactly right. You got to play. Dude, they, they haven't. Where's the two tight ends? Yeah, they're, they're back to Thank what they you. did early last year. It's, it's all four wides and there's nothing creative and they can't do anything out of it. By the way, how much would they love to have Jedrick Wills on the team right now? Thank you very much. Yeah, how much is Isaiah Simmons playing right now? He, and when he's playing, he's playing out of position. Doesn't even make any sense. Like, if he's actually play, playing more in position than where you drafted him to play. He's playing yeah. safety now, not playing weak oh, side linebacker. It's, it is. It's not, it's not pretty in Arizona. And I, I think there's, there was a lot of overreaction. In fact, I was on a show, I was on a show in Chicago where they asked me about the Cardinals and Super Bowl aspirations after the two and O start. And I laughed on the show as they asked and they go, Oh my God, you're on here to talk about the Cardinals. And I said, yes. And I am on here to talk about realistic expectations for this Cardinals team. If you're a Cardinal fan, you should be looking last year. You were five games. You was supposed to be like eight and eight. Like you should be happy with maybe competing for nine and seven. You are not better than that Seahawks team and you are not better than the Rams. And Oh, by the way, if the Niners get healthy and turn it around, you're the worst team in the division. So like, like 
I, I get it. We, we, we called out the Rams. They've showed us what they've, they've proven it to us. So guess what? You're, you are, I know you beat the Niners to begin the year, but uh, that team might turn things around after they get uh, everybody back. And I trust Kyle Shanahan a hell of a lot more than I trust Cliff Kingsbury. All right, moving on. Philadelphia Eagles going on the road to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers coming off a weird situation, right, where they had basically, in an essence, an unexpected bye week last week. I'm sure Ben Roethlisberger probably wasn't uh, too mad about having a little extra time uh, to prepare, have a, have his body uh, getting right. But, Jamie, as we look at this one, we've obviously uh, talked about Carson Wentz at nauseum. We don't need to talk about that, but we do need to talk about Big Ben. Right. And, and I think this is, I got a question this week about who, who to play in fantasy football, big Ben or Tom Brady. And I said, big Ben, I didn't even have to think about it twice. Um, I love Tom, but I knew the matchup wasn't good. And the, and the weapons were not there tonight, uh, especially healthy, but big Ben is a guy that that's quietly in the MVP conversation. Right. And he's also quietly in the, Hey, you could start to expect some big things from, from big Ben. And this is, as we talk about good matchups at home against this Philadelphia Eagles team is a good matchup for big Ben. It is. He's a top 10 play this week and he's a top 10 play most weeks. I mean, there are certain matchups where he kind of falls down to like 12, 13, but for the most part, he's going to be a, a top 10 play. The Steelers are still somehow flying under the radar. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how it is. I don't know how the, if you would have told me that sentence a year ago, I never would have believed I would ever utter that seriously. Uh, they're still flying under the radar, only aided by the fact they had the impromptu buy last week. Uh, you're playing Big Ben. You're playing James Conner. Uh, don't be worried about the injury report status with Deontay Johnson and Juju. They're kind of operating right now as they're not going to practice until they're really healthy and they're still going to play on game days. They did that two weeks ago. There's no reason to believe they won't do it this Sunday. Uh, I, I like all of the the starting Steelers in this matchup. I think if you're in a pinch at tight end, Jake's guy, Eric Ebron uh, is, is a, would be a pretty darn good uh, solid fill in in that spot. Uh, and, you know, if on the Philadelphia side, I'll let Jake talk about his, his boy, Greg Ward, but there's not much here. I mean, you're probably, you're playing Sanders. You don't have a choice with the running back situation, but it's not a great matchup and you don't expect a big game, but it's what Sanders. And then if you're in a pinch ward, I mean, the, the Eagles might be a one fantasy player team at this point. I mean, I guess Urch is still playing in the top 10 because of the tight ends, but he's the lowest I've ever ranked him in two years now. Like he's barely yeah. in my top eight this week. So yeah, he's dink and dunk at best. Like Zach Ertz is not anywhere more than six, seven yards down the field. One, they can't, they can't get anywhere. They have no time to get anybody down the field. Greg Ward is the only guy I would look at other than Miles Sanders. But this week, I guess that defense, I don't like any of them. They're going to be Carson Wentz going to be running for his life, throwing stuff all over the place. Zach Ertz is the only guy because he drafted him that high and there's not that many great tight ends. He could still be elite, but I don't like any of this. I think Steelers roll in this game. I think their defense is a must play. It might be one of the best plays of the week, uh, but I don't like any of the Eagles. Yeah. I, um, you can, you kind of have to look at this team, this Eagles team and just go, meh. You know, you, we, we yeah. talked about finding teams that are not as good offensively or not as good in totality and, and liking certain pieces. This is kind of one of those times where, Unfortunately, it's a bad football team, but it's also bad in fantasy football. It hasn't been very good uh, across the board for the Philadelphia Eagles. In the next game, L.A. Rams going on the road to play the Washington football team. Obviously, one of the bigger headlines this week is that Dwayne Haskins is getting benched, right? Has been benched um, and, and everything that comes with that. 
Uh, listen, we're not going to get into that discussion. You can read about it on the draftnetwork.com. There's plenty of phenomenal content to read about why that's happening, what to expect, what they should do, and what are the different scenarios that might play out. There's lots of fantasy value on the opposite side of the ball. So Jamie, let's talk about the LA Rams and what you expect in this matchup against a, a Washington team that, listen, we, we've talked about Ron Rivera. We liked his defense, but they've had some injuries already, and I don't really know what to expect from the Kyle Allen-led Washington team. Yeah, this was, uh, this was my lock of the week, uh, the Rams by seven, which, by the way, has gone up a point and a half since we got off recording. Uh, so if I'm bet online right now, it's eight and a half in the Rams favor. So that, I hope you got in your bets when you watched our show today uh, and you got them at seven. Look, the Rams have sleepwalked a bit at home. Their, their home game against Dallas, their home game against the Giants. They came away with victories, but they kind of slept walk, particularly offensively in those games. And they've come out firing on the road. Don't know why that is. Um, I don't. I don't really have an explanation for it. And based on the small sample size, there might not even be a, a legitimate explanation for it. But they're averaging almost thirty-five points per game on the road in their two in their two road games. Uh, I don't see them going back-to-back weeks of that offense starting slowly. Everybody is pretty much healthy right now. Cam Akers is going to be active and back in the lineup. So I have three running backs rolling along with Cup and Woods and Higby. Uh, I, I think they're. You know, and Van Jefferson. I mean, they, they, they have so many weapons at their disposal right now. Washington is banged up. Uh, I do not like their situation at all. I think they're going to get behind real early. I don't believe in Kyle Allen at all. Uh, I would even push back against the narrative that Kyle Allen is a safer option at quarterback than Dwayne Haskins because Kyle Allen was very turnover prone in his last eight or nine games uh, in Carolina last year when he turned the ball over 16 times. And then just an interceptions in those final nine games and went one and eight, by the way. Uh, I, I just can't. I don't know if Chase Young is going to play in this game. Ionis is out for the season right now. So the biggest strength on Washington's team is now hurting. Uh, I just the only way the Rams don't don't win this game by multiple scores is if that offense just completely takes their foot off the gas at some point or just sputters out of the gates. But considering they did that last week a little bit and it almost cost them against it, just say almost cost them. It almost made things a little bit more difficult than they needed to be against the Giants. I don't see that happening two weeks in a row. Jake, what do you think is going to happen in, in this matchup? And, and what are you, is there any fantasy value on the Washington side now that they've made the change over to Kyle Allen? Yes. I, well, I do want to talk about the change. So I don't want to get into like arguing it, but how the hell do you throw for 300 yards against the Baltimore's defense? Who's I've said overrated, but they're still a top 10 defense. There's awful defense this year. You obviously have chemistry with McLaurin. They went for hundred yards and a touchdown. Antonio Gibson's turning into a stud. Who's finally figured out the NFL. Why would you take that chemistry away? I, I don't get that. I love Antonio Gibson in this matchup because they're going to be down. He's turning into a Christian McCaffrey-type role where he's a three-down guy all the time. Jamie talked about the other day. He's getting more carries and learning how to run between tackles, but he's great in the pass game. And he's in there all the time. He's figuring the nuances out of running routes against linebacker safeties, whatever. I don't know that I like McLaren near as much because he seemed to have some chemistry with Dwayne Haskins. Uh, so I like, I like Gibson, and that's – about it. I, you think you're probably going to have to play McLaren because you still have him. Uh, and on the other side, Jamie, what do you think of Henderson? I don't care that Akers is back. He's a rookie that's been hurt. Henderson's been really good for you the last couple weeks. I keep seeing everybody wants to fade him too. Yeah. I, the only thing I'd be concerned of, it's not more Henderson. It's just how much backfield works and get split. Because now you have three guys there. And I do think McVeigh wants to have a split. Malcolm Brown is going to get involved. But I don't think you can be – I don't know how picky you can be right now with the running back position. I mean yeah. – 
if it's coming down to like Dale Henderson and like one of your top, you know, a top 30 receiver for a flex, I'll give the same advice I gave earlier. You're going to go with the receiver, but most people don't have the ability to be that picky at RB2 right now. And I think Henderson's got to still be in that conversation. I still think he has looked the best on a more consistent level than any of the backs that they had there. The only concern would be if like, is does he give up two or three extra carries? And does that, you know, how does that affect his volume? Uh, one really like just deep, deep, sneaky play. Like if you're in a really deep league, you're hurting at running back and you're in a PPR format. Uh, I think a guy like JD McKissick could be really interesting because he's starting to get on the field a little bit more for Washington as well. Kyle Allen, we know is a check down guy and Gibson has to come out of the game at some point. Uh, we're starting to see like JD McKissick get, you know, five, six, seven targets. That could be a guy in a full PPR league. If you're absolutely desperate, uh, could be a guy that could sneak you maybe eight to 10 fantasy points. All right, guys, next matchup, the Miami Dolphins going on the road to play the San 49ers getting some of the guys back, right? Um, obviously, looking at if you're looking at your fantasy lineup, you're seeing obviously Debo Samuel coming back. They're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo. You're looking at some of their offensive weapons coming back and playing and being healthy in this game. Uh, a favorable matchup against a Miami Dolphins defense. It's okay. They're not, they're not one of the bottom tier defenses, but people have been able to put up points on this team. Jamie, who are you uh, evaluating and playing in this one? And, and is there any fantasy value for Ryan Fitzpatrick um, who's kind of been up and down so far this year? There's a little for Fitzpatrick. He's not like a top 12 guy for me, but uh, if you're really desperate, although I think there's still going to be better options. Like he's not, Outside my top 20 either, he's kind of in that like QB2 range. Um, so I think for most part, you're going to be okay. But if somebody you need to keep an eye on with all this uncertainty that's going on right now, the only Dolphin I'm starting is Devontae Parker. Uh, and and Giuseppe, I guess, technically sneaks into my top 12. Um, but I don't think he's a must start, I should say. You're probably going to start him if you have him, but I don't think he's a must start. The only must start on the Dolphins in this game for me is, is Devontae Parker. Um, and, and it's just the running back situation. You're going to have no clarity there. Uh, there is no, there is no established number two wide receiver. We talked about it last week. We really wanted to kind of find one for that great matchup against Seattle. There isn't one. Uh, I, I think there's going to be a lot of leagues where the only dolphin that is actually accumulating points in a starting lineup for people is Devonte Parker. Jake, what are you, uh, what are you looking at in this matchup? I think Debo Samuel's second week back could look pretty good. Kittle was freaking monstrous the other night. I can't wait to have a healthy Mostert, yeah. Brandon Ayuk, who's looking pretty damn good, Debo Samuel, and those guys can do a lot of different interchangeable stuff with Kittle, with Garoppolo back, because his offensive line is still pretty good. Um, I'm hoping Mostert comes back and has a decent workload. I don't think if he comes back, they should be up. I don't think they're going to need to rely on him because other guys have played pretty well in his absence. They're not quite the home run hitters he is. So I know they'd love to give him, and they, they liked on those screens, and he's so damn good. It's crazy. Just outside the red zone, he might be the best running back in football. Does anybody else take a screen pass from the 31 to the house more than he does? I, I don't know. Uh, so I'm hoping he gets a couple of those. I don't expect the workload to be big, but if he's in, I'm, I'm playing him and I'm looking forward to that. But I can't wait. This defense is banged up. They're not very good. They're going to have to rely on this. But when they have those weapons with, with Ayuk looking like a Debo Samuel 2, and they do all this interchangeable stuff, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, they're, uh, they'll go back to the offense that we really like watching under Kyle Shanahan once they once they have at least a, a halfway point with some of these weapons. Just seeing another week from Debo will be will be exciting this week, and George Kittle getting another week to get back and and get healthy. 
All right, the next game, Indianapolis Colts going on the road to play the Cleveland Browns. Uh, obviously, you're going to be missing Nick Chubb in this one, which sucks. Um, we've talked about T.Y. Hilton. He made the the dud list for me this week um, as we as we move forward. And, and I think, obviously, you look at this one, Jamie, and you go, okay, is Kareem Hunt just going to come in and have a monster game with Nick Chubb sitting out? But – the matchup against its Indianapolis Colts defense. Are they overrated? What is this going to look like? Like, what are you, what are you looking at here? Because this Colts defense has been really good. I know they, you you can only play who you play, right? So they've only, they've, they've taken care of everybody that they've had to take care of. Um, and obviously this is an opportunity for Kareem Hunt with Nick Chubb sitting out. Yeah. I'm very disappointed for a lot of reasons that Nick Chubb is not in this game because I was very look, I was very, very much looking forward to seeing how for real this Colts defense, particularly rush defense, is. And we'll still get a, a touch of that because fantasy is still going to scheme things up. Kareem Hunt is still an elite running back. I know he's sitting behind Nick Chubb a lot, but Kareem Hunt would be a starting running back on maybe uh, on uh, 20 other teams in the NFL right now if he was given that opportunity. Uh, so I'm ex- he's a little banged up, but he played through his injury last week. He's going to play through it this week. He's a top 10 or top 12 co- uh, running back play this week. I'm excited to watch this because I'm not sure I buy the what this Colts defense is right now. I know what the stats say. I know who they've played, but I'm just I'm not ready to buy in yet. So to me, this is going to be a very intriguing matchup to see what Kevin Stefanski has drawn up, all the trickery that he's been using, a lot of misdirection plays, getting receivers involved in the backfield, very Kyle Shanahan esque in the way he's been running that block that uh, that run scheme of his. I'm very interested to see how the Colts hold up against it, because I think Kareem Hunt could have a monster day in this matchup. I think even Odell Beckham Jr. could have a pretty good day because I don't trust the. I know they're playing well statistically, but they really haven't played anybody that I trust yet. I want to see if Odell Beckham Jr., both in the receiving and running game, can have another big game like he has the last couple of weeks. This is one of the most intriguing matchups of the weekend for me. Yeah, I think there's a lot to learn here uh, from a football a lens. What are these teams who are like, what, how much can we trust? Um, this is a good matchup for, for both teams uh, in that capacity. But Jake, when you're looking at this one and, and you're looking at what Odell Beckham Jr. has done thus far, is this another opportunity for him to shine? Or are you a little worried about the matchup with the Indianapolis Colts this week? I don't know. What's he done? He lit up Dallas's ass. Everybody does that. They ran two reverses and they both went to the house. Do you think anybody's going to give up anything on a reverse now? No, nope. I don't give me anything about he's involved in the running game and how brilliant it is. They ran two reverses. They both hit. So what they run it. They ran for 300 yards. Uh, I don't know the cream hunt has a monster game. Guys, this Indy, I don't know that I'm buying Indy as the number one defense in the league. I'm buying them as top seven. They've done yeah. all this without Darius Leonard, one of the best middle linebackers in the game. Not sure if he's back this week. That will dramatically impact things here. Um, I don't know who I like from Indy's standpoint. You're going to play Jonathan Taylor because you don't have any other options. You might play Wilkins or Naheem Hines because you don't have any other options. Moali Cox, okay, because Phillip Rivers has relationships with tight ends. But Rivers' arm looks dead. Yeah. I mean, it looks done. Now, I'm not talking about the throw in motion. That's always been there. It looks awful. I don't know that he can get it to TY. So I don't know who else is even viable to talk about in this offense. But this is going to be – we're going to tell a lot about these teams. I think this indie defense is a little better than Jamie's given them credit for, but they're not the number one defense in the league. But they're better. I mean, I, I grow paid. You can only play who you play. Right now, they're number one point scorer, number one yard scorer. What I do like that they really do is they, they can stop the run with four guys. Those linebackers, and they can drop seven. Those linebackers go to sideline to sideline, especially when Leonard gets back. 
If they can continue to do that, they're going to slow down a lot of offenses. It's really hard to put up big numbers on teams. It's like San Francisco from last year. They can get you with four guys. It's really, really tough, and they're doing a great job of that so far. Yeah, well, I think we're going to learn a lot uh, from this Colts team, and we'll learn a lot from this Indianapolis Colts team on their side, obviously, on offense. What is that offensive line going to do against Miles Garrett and that defensive line? How do they hold up? What can they do offensively? What do we learn about Phillip Rivers? Because the trend so far is that Rivers, there's a lot of question marks there. And deservedly so. So this is the this is an opportunity for him to kind of put those away a little bit. Uh, but I, I I'm I'm a little concerned about what I, I really don't know what these teams are either one right. Like I, I still got a lot of question marks about the Browns and I still got a lot of question marks about the Colts. By the way, the Browns gave up 600 yards of offense last week, 500 through the air. That's so like exactly, don't, they don't look very good. I don't know if Philip Rivers can take advantage of that, but they're obviously not great. I mean, yes, Dallas's offense is really really good. And they got a lot of damn good players. And they were getting torched, so they were letting it fly. And maybe you were playing a little bit of prevent. Miles Garrett's been phenomenal, but they, the rest of those guys haven't shown up yet. I mean, I don't, I don't know that they're world beaters on defense either. We're going to yeah. learn a lot about these, and I agree with Jamie. It's one of the most intriguing, fun matchups of the weekend. Yeah, that Colts offense is not that Cowboys offense, though. That Colts offense no, is like no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm not yeah, saying that. It's it's no. going to be uh, that I'm sure Philip Rivers wishes he had Amari Cooper and Ceedee Lamb uh, on either side. That's Cowboys offense is just going to continue to put up a lot of points and lose a lot of Andy football would games. Rather, Andy would rather have Andy Dalton, I think, than Philip Rivers right now. I agree. And uh, those receivers might look a little different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I feel, I feel you, Indy. I feel very seen by that comment uh, about Andy Dalton because I would love to have seen him in Chicago. Uh, okay, the New York Giants going on the road to play the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Two teams that. Traditionally, this is like the NFC East is such a phenomenal storied, like so many good rivalries. And I look at this and I go in a regular year, right? Last year aside, because last year kind of started to blend into where we are now, right? We kind of saw the writing on the wall last year and it's worse. It's way worse this year. Um, It started to get the the Cowboys at least were good for the first half of the season, then kind of trailed off. But this, these two teams, the Cowboys are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. You've got so much to love offensively, right, and fantasy-wise from the Cowboys. But the Giants have so many injuries. They've had so many issues thus far. Um, one, of the, one of the things that I heard a lot this offseason was about Daniel Jones, and I just would like to just continue to just put that to the side Matthew Barry I'm looking at you bro um and 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 figure out what it, what exactly you can trust in this Giants offense right like that's what I'm looking for is we know this to like we talked about Lamb we talked about Dak Prescott I mean Dak's doing unbelievable things especially in fantasy football you're so happy if you drafted drafted Dak Prescott Amari Cooper so underappreciated you know you're starting all those guys but what the hell can you expect from the New York Giants Jamie what is it if anything as of the as of now because this is a favorable matchup like this you you better be able to do some this week because this Cowboys defense is garbage I mean you use the word trust so the answer is nobody um, who am I going to consider? I think given the running back situation, I think Devonta Freeman is a low end RB two. Uh, I think he's going to get a lot of dump offs. He'll be on the field when the giants are down a thousand points in this game. But I, I just, I don't, there's nobody that can feel confident. It's a phenomenal matchup, but do you have any, I mean, this is a team right now that as I check my notes is averaging 11.75 points a game. 
they have two games with single digit points and they happen to be their last two. Like I look a, a competent offense should put up 30 on Dallas, but the giants are not a competent offense right now. So, I mean, everybody else feels like flyers. Like if you want to take DFS plays on, you know, if you want to make some lineups with Darius Slayton or you want to make some lineups with Golden Tate or, you know, Evan Ingram and say, you know, okay, I'm going to take a shot that one of these guys goes off and, you know, maybe I I can zig when other people zag and I can win some money on DraftKings or something. But in terms of a regular season long, you're probably playing Evan Ingram. Uh, If you're in in a running back situation like mine, you're probably throwing in Devonta Freeman at RB2 and you're just not feeling great about it. And that's really it. Like, I'm not playing Daniel Jones. I want to play Daniel Jones. In theory, you should be able to play Daniel Jones in this matchup, but I... Can you really risk it? I don't think you can. Uh, I just, this Giants team is is a complete and utter disaster right now on both sides of the ball. Uh, I, I, you really can't trust anybody other than Evan Ingram, which is just because it's the tight end position. Like, yeah, there's there's nobody I trust. There's absolutely nobody I trust. They're, the Giants could put up, legitimately put up nine points again in this game, and we can come back on this show on Sunday night, and I will go, yep, which is ridiculous considering how terrible Dallas is, but I haven't seen anything from this Giants offense this year that tells I haven't seen anything from freaking Jason Garrett this year that tells me that this offense is any better than it was last year. It looks worse than it was last year. They don't have Saquon Barkley. There's no Jason Garrett revenge game here. Like, like, what is he going to do? Run the ball on second and 10? Like, like, what is the revenge game here? Like, I just this game is just frustrating because you want to be able to take advantage of this matchup. There are, you know, we don't know if Buffalo and Tennessee are going to play. We know Detroit and green Bay are not going to play because they're on bye weeks. You want to have more options to run with. And New York is giving you nobody you can truly rely on. This is let's go through the stats here quickly. So on defense, right. For the Cowboys, they are the worst team in points scored against them. They're 31 in rushing yards. They are 30 in total yards. They're 29 in passing yards and they are 29th on third down percentage. Okay. And they might They're, be a must play in fantasy. Like, like the giants offense is that bad. And that that should tell you everything on the, on the flip side, obviously for Dallas's offense, they are first in total yards, first in passing yards, third in points per game. I just, this is, you're looking at the tail of two completely different sides of the football here with this Dallas team. And you love everybody on Dallas's, but the same question I posed to Jamie, I want to answer from you, Jake. I'm assuming you're going to say the same thing. You don't trust anybody, even though this is the best possible matchup in fantasy football, you could absolutely have it's the best one they're bottom five and bottom they're either last or second to last in three of the five categories and they're bottom five in every statistical category as a defense i like golden tate a little bit i like darius slayton a little bit uh i like freeman like jamie said you're not playing daniel jones but i'm i like the dallas defense in this matchup as crazy as that sounds this is where people that only pay attention to box scores think that the rams giants game was close last week I told you last week, the Rams run it more than any team in the NFL. And they kind of bit them in the ass. They didn't run it great against that Giants team. And they kept running it, right? And they knew the game was never really in, like, out of hand or not, like, in hand. Like, they couldn't go. They hit Cooper Cup for the big one late. But I don't think they ever felt like they needed to let, like, show anything, put anything on tape. They just kept running it, kept running it, kept running it. And that played right in the Giants' hands. Dallas isn't going to do that. Dallas is going to be up big, and they're going to have to throw it a ton. So while that game was close and maybe they didn't play like this, this game flow is going to go. I kind of like Slayton and Tate because I think they both might be eight or nine target guys. 
listen, if they're going to take advantage of a matchup, this is the one. This is it. I they don't come better. They, they don't come any better than this one. Speaking of good matchups, the last game we're going to talk about here has some good favorable matchups as well because the Minnesota Vikings defense is garbage and the Seattle Seahawks defense is garbage. So there is a lot of fantasy value on Sunday night football. You're going to see in a traditional sense, you probably saw this matchup on Sunday night football at the beginning of the year. You went, oh yeah, okay, this is a great, you got a top of the NFC. No, 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 you got one team that's the top of the NFC. You got one team that's the bottom of the NFC, but you got one team that's at the top that has a horrible defense. So there's still going to be a lot of points in this game. Okay. And there's a part of me that kind of sneakily feels like Minnesota might look better in this game than we've seen them in, in past games, still lose the game, but look a little bit better. They've won the last one. two. Yeah. They look a little, 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 little better than they have. Uh, like it's they're one and three. No, not two games. They won one game. Oh, that's right. They yeah. got really close. That's yeah, they were. They started. Them. But they look. They look better in that one. Yeah, I was like, don't yeah. give Minnesota any more victories than they have. This is and still they, one. They whooped the mighty Texans. Whatever. Yeah, the, exactly. But there's a lot to like for Russell Wilson and and this team offensively. You're obviously starting all those guys. You know that. But Jamie, is there opportunity for the Minnesota Vikings to? to, you know, take advantage of this matchup in the same way that the Giants have an opportunity playing against the Cowboys. Yes, but I think there's really only one player that you wouldn't normally be playing. Like you're playing Thielen, you're playing Cook, and Jefferson right now needs to be a every week flex play. So those guys are already going to play. But to me, I think the ultimate replacement quarterback, the ultimate if you're worried about Josh Allen not being able to have a chance to play football this weekend, if you're worried about Tannehill with the same deal, if you're worried about Lamar Jackson maybe, uh, the ultimate play this week and the guy that is in my top 13 is Kirk Cousins uh I, I he can absolutely take advantage of the Seattle secondary like um, almost everybody else has he's got the weapons now because he does trust more than Adam Thielen so that main issue that plagued him the first couple weeks of the season has gone away here he's got a phenomenal matchup to take advantage of Cook is playing out of his mind so they're going to be balanced and run and, and be able to run effectively and, and let Kirk Cousins play off of that which is where he's been most successful in his Vikings tenure uh, that to me is the one Minnesota player that gets the huge boost in this matchup because you're kind of playing the other guys anyway. Jake, do you agree? You, you're riding the Kirk Cousins train this week as a as an opportunity for this guy to take advantage of a, a favorable matchup against the Seahawks defense. Absolutely, I ranked him uh, number twelve in my rankings this week. I love the matchup. I love what Jeff, Justin Jefferson's done the last couple of weeks. You now have a fifty fifty target share between Justin Jefferson and Thielen. That wasn't there the first couple of weeks. And Jamie said, Cook's running out of his mind. I don't know what you do with Madison in this matchup. The running backs are so bad, but I think it's going to be an absolute shootout where they're both throwing it more than they want to. If one of them can stick to the run a little bit more than the other, and if that's Minnesota, I like I like the weapons better, um, then maybe Madison's still a play here. One of the tight ends probably should be, because Seattle can't cover tight ends at all. I just don't know which one you pick to do that. Um, Rudolph's been great in the red zone. Irv, Irv Smith Jr. is better between the 20s. Uh, I don't know that you really risk it and go there. Uh, but I love Kirk Cousins in this one. Of course, you're playing all your Seahawks. The Vikings haven't done anything, and they're banged up on defense. Yeah, uh, there's going to be points in this one. I think it'll be a by, fun Sunday night matchup. By the way, Paige, this was 57 and a half still the over-under in this game. I literally went, oh, man, for, for the against the spread show, I was like – that's a lot of points. I, I think I might like the over. I, I left it alone, but I was like, damn, 57 and a half. That's I, this should be an absolute shootout of Sunday night football. 
Good chance that uh, Russell Wilson drops a forty burger. He could. Like it's 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 pretty it's pretty pretty regular at this point that this dude is just out here putting up these kind of numbers week in and week out. Um, and he likes prime time, man. Russ shows out on the big stage at home Sunday Night Football. Um, it should be a good matchup. I'm excited for it, and we got a we got a couple of really really good uh, interesting matchups to talk about on Sunday night that we'll get into for for the Monday. Monday slate we've got two monday games a potential tuesday game um we've reached the end of the podcast here guys i think the final thoughts here um have to be surrounding what's going on and, and paying very very close attention because you're you're gonna have to make some decisions surrounding the bills and the titans and you have to have secondary options as you go into the weekend because there's no guarantees surrounding that game uh jamie your final thoughts on today's pod yeah, that we're going to have to get creative. And if you have don't have a policy in place right now as a league or as a league commissioner, you need to get one together very quickly because uh, the odds tell us this is not the last time we're going to have to deal with this for the rest of the season. Um, so the way I look into this matchup and I, and I say, uh, I know there's been some issues with certain leagues and the ability to add COVID spots uh, post-draft. I believe ESPN has some issues with that. Uh, so as a commissioner, if you're a tight league, if it's with a bunch of friends, a bunch of buddies, um, you should be able to have some sort of policy in place ahead of time. Uh, I'm in a league where, uh, you designate the players you want to be in your lineup for that week on Sunday morning. Uh, and if they're taken out, if the game gets canceled or gets moved because of COVID, you can, you can designate a replacement. Uh, and it's done manually by the commissioner. But you're going to have to figure out some formula. If you don't have that luxury, if you're in a public league or you're in a league with people you don't really know or you're in a league that just is like, nope, you're just going to have to deal with it. Whatever the whatever the sites that we're on say is what we're doing. Uh, I cannot confidently play any Bills or Titans this week. Um, I, I This Tennessee stuff is, is really bad. I'm sure you have seen uh, the videos that have been leaked and reported on. Um, I, I don't think this game gets played personally. I don't, that's not any inside information. That's just me deducing based on what I've seen and they cannot push it past Tuesday and still play this game this week. So obviously, so, uh, I would say if, if you're forced to make a decision one way or the other, where it's like, we, there's no policies in place, there's nothing you can do. I have to set my lineup. And if they play, they play, if they don't, they don't, um, you unfortunately are going to have to sit Derrick Henry and sit Josh Allen and kind of find other options this week, because I think there's a really strong chance that they don't play and you can't put yourself in a position to get a bunch of zeros. And if you are in that case, if you are a Josh Allen owner or a Ryan Tannehill owner or any other quarterback that's questionable this week, like Lamar Jackson, uh, we're going to have a story up. That's right. As you listen to this on the DraftNetwork.com by Zach Cohen, giving you some ideas for potential replacement options that you can reasonably start this week in your lineup in place of those guys. So I would check that out. Uh, and I'd also be aware that I have more faith that Denver, New England gets played, but there is also still a chance that that does not get played on Monday night. I have more faith in that than I do Buffalo and Tennessee, uh, but we'll have to see. But this is kind of the new reality. So luckily with Denver and New England, you can start to replace those guys with Chargers and Saints and potentially, which I don't think so, but potentially Bills and Titans as well, based on your league rules. So you have a little bit more flexibility there. You might not know about those Bills and Titans players before any of these other games are played. Like, I would not be surprised if we're sitting here still unsure on Monday or even maybe even Tuesday morning about that game. I think I'm, I'm going into the weekend because I can tell you guys I have rostered uh, Josh Allen in two of my three leagues as my quarterback. I have 
gone into this weekend assuming we are not going to play that football game. Um, I think and you it just sucks. need. It, it, it sucks, sucks for a lot of reasons, but really fantasy because we're talking about AJ Brown was supposed to return. Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, Josh Allen, Devin Singletary, Stephon Diggs, Cole. I mean, we're talking about two handfuls of legitimate starting players in fantasy football that you're kind of just, you're caught in no man's land right now. All yeah. because the Titans are stupid. Yeah. It's, it, it's, this is so frustrating um, to see because of everything that's happening. And I've been talking to our boy, Will Compton, who plays for the Titans and he, and, I, I know there's frustration and I, you've seen it come out by the NFL, uh, by players like Eric Ebron called the Titans out today and said they need to forfeit. Like, like we're like, nobody else wants to have to deal with this. And if you're the bills, you don't want to play on Tuesday and then turn around and play a game on Thursday. Are you no, kidding that's me? Bullshit. No, they're going to make them, make them go play in Kansas city on Sunday on what? Four days rest, five days. Yeah. Rest? It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Like, Thursday, Thursday, Thursday games already have nothing to do with player safety and oh, all the TV ratings. It's 150%. Bullshit. So now you're going to take advantage of a Tuesday TV rating and make that team turn around and go on the road on Sunday. Hell and no. Look, there's, I don't know how else they can do it. They've done a phenomenal job moving this stuff so far, but they need to hammer the Titans ass. If that's the case that all this stuff starting to come out and just make them forfeit. And I agree with Mina Kimes, make them forfeit both games because the Steelers don't need to get screwed here either. I agree. Play the, pay, pay the players. Who gives a damn? The NFL is making plenty of money. So are the leagues. Pay the guys. You make a forfeit, they forfeit. But they deserve to lose these games. This is getting absolutely absurd. And it does suck, Jamie. But, it, I mean, it's the world we live in is what it is. I can't imagine that they get this game in at this point when there's still guys, guys that are testing positive. No. Um, by the way, keep in mind as well, looking forward to next week, we are not having Thursday Night Football next week. So just kind of keep that on everybody's radar uh, because that game got moved to Sunday. So there is no – at this point – Again, schedule is still subject to change like crazy. But right now, as of today, there is no Thursday night football next week. Yeah, I think they need to move to the double Monday night football feature permanently. I've been asking for that for a long time. But I think especially in light of everything that's going on with the country, like there's no, no, nobody will be upset. If you move it, now's the year to kind of test things out, try and just own the whole Monday afternoon. I get it. I understand you like Thursdays. It's not good for the players. It's not good for the turnaround time. And it's not good for rescheduling right now because trying to fit two games in this upcoming week for the Bills is is an atrocious uh, thing to do to that football team. So that means I get to end the show as Petty Page because your girl is 4-1. and one. The Chicago Bears got the victory, and I'm going to enjoy every – freaking moment of Thursday till the following Sunday when the bears suit up to play again, because victory Friday just means I get two extra whole ass days of victory. Okay. So that's just, I'm, I'm ending it. I didn't put it in anybody's face where this is the most respectfully as I could possibly do this. It's a victory. It feels good. The bears are four and one. I don't give a shit about how they win the games. Let me be very clear. They are four and one, four and one. Come for me, Minnesota. Come for me, Detroit. I heard all your shenanigans in the offseason. And where are you now? That's all I want to say. Okay? So that's exactly right. Hank Hank in the background, he knows the rules. We, we heard you, Minnesota. And I even heard some shenanigans from Detroit. Like, don't make me laugh, Lions fans. Okay? I see you in the premium slack. I, you guys all need to chill out over there. You need, a, you need a lot. And you should give me Stafford so we could take care of him in Chicago. But – Khalil Mack, thank you, because I will thank you for this entire victory. You were a absolute monster. 
You were one of the best players. You know, one of the best football players in the entire league. And you reminded everybody on prime time that you are that dude. And even, even in a moment where you are looking at Tom Brady and Tom Brady kind of looks at you and looks up and goes, he said something to you and I don't know what it was, but I'm sure it wasn't, I'm sure it wasn't very nice because Tom was on his ass. And I think he was like, man, I'm tired of you. Like I've had, I've had enough of you, like leave me alone. So uh, it was a very enjoyable football game. Um, not enjoyable to be pops. So he knows that. And, and so does Jake, but uh, we'll move on. And you'll, as Jake said, you learn a lot from, uh, from losing and a lot from winning. So uh, bears fans, Bear down. We're four and one. Feels good. Victory Friday. We continue on. Good luck to everybody this week as we head into week five. And hopefully, more than anything, we have a lot of uh, we get to play these games. People are healthy. There's less less tests coming back, less injuries this week in week five um, and and less of that moving forward because it's been been ugly first couple of weeks. So, Jamie, how can everybody follow you on social media? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and Jake. Arians NFL Instagram and Jake B. Arians on Twitter. Yeah, you guys want to make sure to follow Jake's new Instagram page since he's uh, going to be popping off with some of his new stuff. So you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I, uh, both Twitter and Instagram. You should follow the show at TDN Fantasy on Twitter and be sure to leave us a, a review. Saw a couple of those last week, so appreciate those. Some new ones that you guys left. Subscribe, review, and enjoy week five in the NFL. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.